Hello and welcome to Life Sciences in Queensland. Our guest today is Peter O'Neill, the CEO of Brisbane-based medical technology startup Demoto Cordis. With more than 30 years' experience within the healthcare, medical devices, pharmaceutical and health insurance fields, Peter has worked in Australia, the United States, Japan and New Zealand. But Peter's latest role sees him overseeing the development of what promises to be a game-changer in emergency medicine. Peter, welcome. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here and looking forward to our, looking forward to our chat. The company's name, Demoto Cordis, it's rather unusual. How did the name come about? Yeah, it's one of those great conversation starters. We get that get that question quite often. Uh, it's from the Latin, actually, and it refers to on the movement of the heart. So it goes way back to a, a quite a famous physician back in 1628 by the name of William Harvey, and he, he did a lot of groundbreaking work on, I guess, re-explaining how the, the function of the heart actually happened, um, and that led into uh, the naming. So the link for us is that the, the initial inception of the company uh, came around some observations and a lot of work our founder had done. And what he had done was he'd observed many patients that were survivors from cardiac arrest, um, but they were survivors with, I guess, reduced quality of life or, or many other sort of reduced factors post that. And, and he then thought, look, there's got to be a better way. You know, there's got to be a better way through getting a great drug such as adrenaline to those patients earlier, more efficiently, and that sort of led on through to our, um, our product development from there. And how long has this startup been operating? Yeah, so in- Inception was back in 2013, um, and at that time, you know, it was a, a classic startup scenario where you've got John, you know, pretty much had to tip into his own pocket to do a lot of the initial proof of concept work. Um, and then there's been a very dedicated effort, you know, the last five years from a, from a small but, but growing team of people. And how many make up the team today? So yeah, it's interesting. We've just finished our um, our planning period. So we've just done all of our budgeting and planning for the the 21-22 financial year, um, and sort of pretty exciting now. We're at a stage where the next 12 months we'll actually have 25 people around the globe working on the DMC development. Mm. So that's 15 people in Australia, and then through a mixture of full-time head and heads and consultants, um, we've got 25 people spread over 10 locations, three continents. So it's you know it's a it's a, it's a team just to, I guess, to, to bring it all together. We'll talk more about the startup in a moment, but I'm really interested to know what drew you to the role that you have with the startup. Yeah, no, a really good question because it's one of those things, I guess, you've, you know, you put a lot of your own due diligence into making those decisions. And for me, there was three things. The first thing, which I think is always the case, is the people, the people involved. You, That's either an, a, an attraction or it can be a red flag. And in my <laughs> case, it was a strong attraction. Mm. Uh, I, I guess the, the second thing was just the authenticity of the opportunity. But once again, when you when you do your own homework and you think, is this thing absolutely, can it, can it work or, or, or will it fall over? Uh, and I was very confident that we could we can navigate our way through it. Um, and then the third thing is, you know, I guess that's where you're probably the third bit, you get a little bit selfish. It's about, you know, I thought of presenting myself with a, a wonderful career opportunity for the next 10 to 15 years. And uh, and that was something that was was, was a great, great drawcard. Peter, you've had plenty of experience with uh, medical devices here and overseas, as I mentioned. What sets the devices being developed by DMC apart from others that are already on the market? We're in a very unique but exciting position. We're developing a novel drug formulation, but we're doing that with a really well-known drug, that being adrenaline. And then what we're also doing at the same time, we're also developing a device and then getting those two to iterate 
and, and, and work really effectively together. So that's what makes it that sort of a little bit unique and exciting, but from a really good platform of, of, of previous science and, and great clinical performance. And while the uh, medical fraternity are familiar with uh, delivering asthma drugs by inhalation, uh, how is DMC going to persuade medical uh, or emergency doctors, I guess, uh, that other life-saving drugs can be delivered this way? There's probably three main drivers here. One is there's, there's a general aversion to use of needles uh, and people would love to be able to administer um, drugs or whatever it is in a way that is not needle-based mm. and that's, that's obviously one of, the, one of the things we provide. The second thing is this, and we've touched on this, is this, this time criticality element. Time is so critical to both survival and the quality of what that survival is and so we then believe that using the, the pulmonary pathway it's a really efficient and effective way to get adrenaline into the system, um, into the blood flow. If you look at something specific to anaphylaxis, which is the, the first product that we're, we're developing towards commercialisation, you know, it's, it's a very acute situation where it, it can take 10 or 15 minutes to build to maximum impact. But that's a pretty scary time. And during mm-hmm. that time, you know, a lot of things can go wrong. So what we're trying to do is, is make sure we can intervene more quickly in a less confronting, less invasive way, but be, be more impactful at a, at a, before it gets to an acute stage. And how far advanced are you? So at this stage, we're, we're, on, we're on track to, uh, to commercialise in 2024. So we're, we're at that lovely stage now where it's, it's sub three years um, and we've uh, climbed many hills and probably got a few, few, few to go, <laughs> but we're, we, we think we're, uh, we're, we're on a very good path at this stage. To give you a bit of an update on where we got to in the process, we've um, we've gone through the last period of time where we have now developed, I guess, other than final optimization, the device. We've developed the drug formulation to a stage where we can now do preclinical studies in the US, and they're happening at the moment. We're doing. We've just completed a study one of three studies we're doing there. So those animal studies will then lead us on to human cl- clinical trials we'll do later calendar of the year this year and then all that data i guess pulls together to allow us to then go through the final regulatory pathway and then hopefully on to approval the very important thing from our point of view is we're not the way we've approached everything we're doing is we're not a, a one product organization where we've designed a platform of technology so before when i touched on both the drug and device side of things all the work we're doing now for product one will inherently then apply to product two, three and four. So there's a raft of things that we'll do across emergency medicine and hopefully most of the work we've done to get product one out the door will then just take some tweaking around the the device and how it's physically mode of delivery. And then around the drug formulation there'll be some changes there as far as dosing levels and how that's done depending on the exact type of um, condition you're, you're trying to impact upon. And how much interest has there been from from other countries in what we're doing here in Queensland? I think that's a, you know, and, it, and it's one of those ones where it's not just a, um, it's not just enthusiasm around around uh, ourselves around Demata Cordis. It's it's general general excitement. You know, people have been watching lately. I think Queensland MedTech is in that wonderful spot at the moment where we think there's a real peak interest globally, um, and you know, it might might. My personal view is that over the next decade, there's probably going to be a, a range of companies that will evolve out of Queensland MedTech and become global hubs. You know, I think a lot of people have sat back and looked at the example of Alum. You know, it's been a, a wonderful example to watch and see how how they have evolved. But once again, if you were to, to talk to their founder, Sean, he would tell you that they've been a wonderful overnight success that took a decade to get there. And that's the nature of, 
of a startup organisation. But I think we're, you know, with the wonderful support we've had from from government and and, and our investors and other parties, you know, we're we're, we're on the on the way, and I think it's a very realistic um, realistic target. Yes, uh, you have received some <coughs> fairly large government grants over the years, and that's been really helpful in moving this startup forward, no doubt. Most definitely, you know, mm. it's um. It's, it's one of those things where I think Queensland and Queensland government do it better than, than many other jurisdictions. Uh, and you know, we, we've been delighted. We received uh, significant help through BDF, which is the Queensland Business Development Fund, uh, and that was all facilitated by, by QIC. So you know, a, a big thank you to both those organisations from us because we had an injection of funds that, uh, I guess, fortuitously came in just pre-COVID. Um, and what it did allow us to do is it allowed us to then get on with all of that drug formulation work that I mentioned before. Um, we were able to progress that to a stage where we had a stable, safe drug formulation which could then go into the preclinical animal studies that we're doing at the moment. It also allowed us to get the whole design and optimization of the device, the inhalation device, to the next stage. Um, so it's, you know, it, it's been just incredible what it's done for us the last 12 or 18 months. And does DMC have any interesting collaborations with uh, any universities or industry specialists? Yeah, there's a real mixture there. We've got, internationally, we've had a, um, a strong association with Texas Medical Centre since about 2018. Through their name and reputation, there's a real reach and network that, that we work with them, um, both on the, I guess, the commercial side, but also on the clinical and key opinion leader side. On a local basis, you know, it would be remiss of me not to, to thank Life Sciences Queensland. Um, quite some time ago, uh, DMC was one of four organisations which were selected um, out of Queensland MedTechs to go and do a, a very in-depth program in San Diego, and that was, you know, very, very beneficial for us when we were at a, a formative stage where we were trying to still work out how we turn, you know, concept into into a business, into something that, that could be could be commercialised. Um, and then locally... Um, I guess a little bit like I touched on before that you know the, the community here is in a nice way it's very it's a small village you know it's a, it's a small well interconnected village and I think most people are very happy to collaborate and because we're all on the same journey maybe at different stages there's a there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of assistance that's available to, to give and to get mm. um, from different organisations and, you know, we, we sort of share that information in a very positive way and, and receive that. Yeah. Has that always been the case, do you think, or is it just in recent years that we've seen that sort of united front? And, and I wonder whether the, the pandemic we're experiencing at the moment has, has changed the way we look at science and we look at research. Look, I think it's a very good point. I think it was there beforehand. I think it's certainly, it's been enhanced and it's, it's coming a little bit more organically now rather than have to be sort of forced or pushed. And I think you're right, everyone's, I guess after the last 12 or 18 months, everyone's looking at the world in a very different way. Uh, and, and yes, you've all, you've all got your own commercial endeavours, but there's a very, nearly everyone that, that stays and thrives in healthcare or med tech for an extended period of time most of those people also have a very altruistic underbelly where they're, they're, they're doing it for the right reasons and mm. I think that's where um, some of the things that everyone's endured the last period of time, you, you look at things with a different lens and say, well, how do we, how do we be, be better prepared going forward? Because when you think about it, science or, or, or breakthroughs in medical science didn't often make the front page of a newspaper. But no. we've seen it so much in recent times. Yep. Maybe this has been a good thing. I'll have an inherent bias here, but it's, um, <laughs> you know, it has, did, did COVID make medtech sexy again? Possibly, yes. 
<laughs> Possibly. Um, and, and I think that, I mean that in all seriousness, I think, you know, there was there was some things around there, you know, we, we've seen a lot of people talk about, you know, national sovereignty and, and being better protected with, with key medical supplies. That's certainly, certainly come through as a flavour. But I think it's also made a lot of other people who, whether they be passive spectators, whether they be investors, whether they be governmental, they've re-looked at the whole medtech with a totally different lens of, of how we need to be set up going forward. So taking this initiative and making it global, how challenging is that going to be? Yes, there's there's interest and you've already expressed that and yep. 2024 is, is the, the launch date you hope or the, the, the year, but then to make it global, what do you need to do? Yeah, um, a lot. A lot, yeah. <laughs> is the short answer. I guess the longer answer is, you know, we've we've spent a lot of time um, the last year or two where we've tried, I guess, to do two things concurrently. We've been very deliberate on our product development and getting every element of that correct and advancing well. But the other thing we've done is we've tried to be very um, commercial in all of our pre-commercial activities. In other words, not allowing those future things to sneak up on us. So whatever we need to do, whether it be market research in the US, whether it be looking at how our structure and all of our um, infrastructure will be, we're trying to do that well ahead of time. And and we've obviously, you know, we certainly haven't been able to do that alone. We've done that through reaching out with some of the, the best people in all their fields all around the world. Um, and so they're working as I guess as part of our extended team. The, the, the underlying thing here though is that we're in a sector where we believe there's very much uh, an unmet need. So the area we're, 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 we're moving into is, is ripe for dis- disruption. So it's, there's an unmet need. Um, so someone's going to meet that need. We believe we can, we can do it very well. And it's one of those things that if we can bring innovation which is less invasive, um, more user-friendly, whether it be the, to the patient and or the care and their involvement, um, I think it's going to have a place and we just need to, um, we just need, need to bring that to the fore. Mm. And it's very exciting for a start-up based right here in Queensland. It, it is, and I think it's um, you know, a little bit like your point before about how things have changed. You know, I've been in this industry for many, many years, so I've, I've seen how you know, many years ago to do something that wasn't generated out of the US was, was near impossible. You know, there was a very sort of myopic view to those things and, you know, they'd, they'd often check how you were progressing and, by the way, how are you going down there in Austria? You know, because they, they, there was just that um, that very much sort of insular sort of um, view, whether that be the US or Europe. But I think now, you know, it's an overused topic, but people talk about, the you know, the world being a global village, but, but it is true and I think... Also, whether it be at a commercial level, startup level, whether it be uh, physicians or clinicians, you know, Australia absolutely holds its own on a world stage. And I think now, um, you know, a, a classic output of would be post-COVID, how much clinical research work is being done here. Number one, because there is not the access or availability of resources in the US, but also I think what it's done is it's allowed some of the bigger international organisations to put a new lens and look at Australia and say, gee, the quality of the work that can be done and the timeliness and the execution on that is outstanding. So I think it's probably, you know, once again, it's, you know, what they say, never never waste a good crisis. I think what it's done is it has taken Australia overall to another level as far as the, how we're seen as far as the, the, the competence on the world stage. And 2024 and beyond, where do you see yourself? Yeah, I guess. Look, it's you know we we've got a we've got a fantastic team of people. You know, from our our founder and chair and board all the way through our, our team. You know, when I when I when I joined, you know, I guess that the final piece in the puzzle for me was when you you meet all your team members for the first time. And I've got the most 
amazing group of dedicated individuals and we, we you know I guess a very important part of our charter is we've all said one team one total journey so we're all we're all in this for the for the entire journey and so you know what that means is we, we want to take this over the next decade through the various iterations of, of each technology we think we can innovate and introduce um, and, and that way we know we're going to be touching more sectors more patients more people in, in enhancing their lives so you know if you said to me you know where do we want to be in five or six years time hopefully we're we're another one of these successful global hubs based out of brisbane um we're, we're providing best-in-class innovation and we're we're enhancing and you know making people's lives safer and healthier well thank you so much peter o'neill for spending time today to outline the exciting work being done by demoto cordis it's work that that truly could transform outcomes in emergency departments and save lives thank you thank you very much my pleasure